ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Good morning. It is time to get up because it's now or never. The D in Big D stands for Desperate Dallas. We'll explain why their season is on the line Sunday. Meanwhile, has the Niners' Purdy Party said more about them than it has about him? This one is going to get San Francisco spicy. Speaking of which, my battle has been joined. Orlovsky <laughs> to help defend your battle honor of the most maligned superstar in the entire NFL. Let's do this thing. It's a Thursday. Danny is here. That boy Ben is here. But can we all just take a moment Ooh, to admire baby. the bishop? You baby. take a look at D-Wood. Casket sharp today. Double-breasted, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that time of year. Not a game. ready to go. We also have a couple of Duke point guards with us here. Jay Will and Austin Rivers making his right. debut. That's a good backboard. All that and a whole lot more. We're heading over there in a minute, but let's start here. Week 14 begins tonight. Harry, what are you watching for in a huge NFL weekend? Which one of these bad offenses can score more than 17 points? Because it has not happened for any one of these teams the last three weeks. Now, I was excited that Kenny Pickett actually got involved. I mean, excuse me, George Pickens got involved last week when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What is what are things that are going to look like for the Patriots? Oh. I don't know. Oh. Lord knows. I, I don't know. Patriots and Steelers kick off the weekend tonight. Hopefully it gets better as the weekend goes on. Kmart, what are you watching Sunday? I'm watching to see if Josh Allen and these depleted Bills can upset the Chiefs on the road. Listen, it, you talk about crunch time, Damian. The Bills need to make the playoffs, and it starts this weekend. They got to win this game. I got Buffalo on Sunday. We'll talk about it. Dan, wow. what are you watching? I want to see if Geno Smith can repeat his performance from last Thursday night's game. He was unbelievable. Dak Prescott played really good in that game. I have felt that De- or Geno played just as equally good, and I want to see if he can kind of have that repeat performance because this is a must-win for Seattle to stay into the conversation against one of the league's best NFL defenses. And then, Bishop, what are you watching on Sunday night? Yeah, I'm looking for this Philadelphia run game, how it, how it goes against this Dallas Cowboys rush defense. We know Philadelphia has not been able to run the ball like they did in 2022. We know this Dallas rush defense is susceptible. Can they, can they go out there and run the ball and keep those pass rushes at bay for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, speaking of those pass rushers, the best of them, of course, is Micah Parsons. He always has something to say. Yesterday, he said his Cowboys need to make a statement, not just win, but dominate. I just think no matter what, um, we just need to win. Uh, it's nothing about progression. It's nothing about anything. It's about just winning and going out there and dominating. You want to go out there and make a, a point at some point in, uh, throughout the season and just no matter who's in front of you, just beat the out of them. I'm going to make this point really quickly, and then we'll dive into the X and O in the game, Danny. But I believe that Dallas's season absolutely rides 
on Sunday night. And let me make my point quickly here. If the Eagles win this game, they're going to win the division. Of that, there is basically no question. If they do, that means for the Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl, they will have to beat San Francisco and Philadelphia, both on the road. Check mate. The Cowboys have to win Sunday. Must win. They don't get to the Super Bowl if they don't. The road would be too difficult. And for the Cowboys to win, Micah Parsons, the guy that we just heard from, he's got to show up. He's a great player. Philadelphia minimizes him. That's why I have felt that when the Dallas Cowboys play the Eagles, they can't beat them. I have felt that way just because they minimize Micah Parsons. Schematically, they take him out. Micah Parsons has never had a third down sack versus the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where he is the best player in football in those situations. They double-team him on a consistent basis. So for Dallas to slow down Philly's offense and to finally win that meaningful game that's going to place him into that we-can-win-the-division conversation this year, Micah Parsons has got to be the best player on the field. Cowboys are going to win. How are they going to do it? Well, I would say this. Uh, wide receiver C.D. Lamb being matched up on the weakest link for the Philadelphia Eagles in their offense, and that's Eli Ricks. He really feasted in that first matchup. And you look at last week versus the San Francisco 49ers. They took their third receiver in Jawan Jennings and basically ate Eli Ricks up. So I think that's his deficiency for Philly. And I'm interested to see how Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and also C.D. Lamb, how they're going to fare up against them. Philly cannot play. Real quick, when C.D. goes inside, Philly cannot play man coverage. Nope. I don't care if it's fourth and one. You can't. They, 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 unless Slay goes inside, and only Slay versus C.D. Lamb, you cannot play man. So I feel like what you're saying here, just to sort of make it as simple as we can, the Cowboys should have matchup advantages on the outside, however it is you play it, whether they With move. With C.D. Lamb or Ferguson, big time. Well, my, that's my point, is, is that where, if they're going to move him inside and Slay's going to come inside with him, then someone else is going to have an advantage somewhere else. And you mentioned Ferguson, the big tight end. He's really emerged as a huge part of this offense. Yeah, I mean, for Philadelphia, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are going to show up. I mean, they make $20 million, over $20 million this year at corner. They got to show up. I don't. Maybe that's part of like they got to protect the middle of the field with other people and say, "Hey, number two and twenty-four, Slay and Bradbury, you guys are soloed up by yourselves on the outside this week. This is a game that you got to go earn your paycheck." And one way or another, our friend Kimberly here, she earned her degree in psychology. <laughs> From Wesleyan. So how about that part of it? How about the psychological piece of this, particularly for the quarterback of the Cowboys who gets talked about more than any other player in the NFL? Oh, you think Dak Prescott gets talked about more than any other player? He gets talked about, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that's the quarterback that yeah. gets talked about the most. Uh-huh. Um, listen, the psychology of it is you got spanked by the 49ers. But... Thank you, Daniel. Um, (laughs) This is a game where you have to win because right now the 49ers have outclassed everybody in the division. Now if you can't at home where you are, you've won the last 14 at home. You've got your rival in the division coming to your building. You have to win this game. Like, you have to because not just it's not just about the division. It's about the, the road to the playoffs, and it's about the road to the Super Bowl. What happens if Dallas doesn't win this game? What is the, what's the outlook of them in this division and on the road? I don't know if they're going to be able to get to the Super Bowl. Now, that's it. I, I think if they don't win this Sunday, then all this conversation becomes Correct. moot. I mean, at the end of the day, their schedule the rest of the way is harder than the Eagles. The Eagles would essentially have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division. Philly would only have to concern themselves with the Lions or the 49ers sneaking up on them for the one seed. But no way Dallas would win the division. And what three letters? So D. Wood and I, we had, he walked in this morning. I was very impressed. We're sitting yes. there. I thought he was going into another Hall of Fame today. With Maybe. 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 We'll see how the Maybe. show goes. I might get a call during the show. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. But one way or another, there were three letters 
that you want to attach to Dak Prescott's name? And what letters are those? MVP. MVP. Like, Dak Prescott is playing at that type of level. I know we're going to get into more discussion about who are the other candidates. Right. I know Dan, stop looking at me like that, okay? <laughs> like, you know, we're we're going to talk about that guy with the, with the 49ers, uh, playing quarterback for the 49ers. But Dak Prescott, regardless, I know everyone talks about, oh, his opponents. Dak can only play the teams that are scheduled, yeah. okay? And if Dak was playing bad, we would be we would be the same people on here trashing Dak Prescott playing bad. Dak Prescott is playing at an elite, elite level at the quarterback position. He's taking command, not only at the line of scrimmage, but using his legs. He's doing everything he's supposed to do yeah. playing the quarterback I, position. I, I don't disagree. Like, I, I've, I have – Last week or two weeks ago, I said if he plays the next stretch like he has this past stretch, yeah. he'll win MVP. Yeah. The question is, like, is this the biggest game of Dak Prescott's career? I don't believe that. Last year's playoff against San Francisco or even the year before. But this is the best, biggest expectations that Dak Prescott has ever had. If you go back to last year and the loss to San Francisco, it, it was kind of justified or, or almost expected because he didn't play good last year. He did not play good football. And so – if they were going to lose to San Francisco, it was going to be what Dak didn't play well, and that's kind of what happened. If they lose to Philadelphia or if they lose in the playoffs, I don't see forecasting that it'll be because Dak Prescott doesn't play well. That's why I say, like, this: these are the biggest expectations of his career. It's by far the best that he has played with the best team that he has outside of his rookie year, but his defense wasn't great that year. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout-out Mike McCarthy. Okay, because before the season, we all had questions about Mike McCarthy. Kellen Moore's, he you know, got rid of Kellen Moore. Dak Prescott's playing his best, playing his best ball of his career right now. And we hope that McCarthy is okay. We saw that he had a little bit of a health scare, but he should be there back for Sunday yeah. night and everything else. So we'll be all over this all morning long. There's a ton of good football that we'll dive into all morning long. But right now, let's run the floor. I got my point guards standing by. Jay Will, let me start with you. Luka Doncic last night had a 29-point triple-double against Utah in the first half of last night's game. Talk to me about Luka. 14 triple-doubles away from passing James Harden for eighth on the all-time triple-double list. Think about that for where he is in his career right now. Yeah, I mean, the guy's 25 years old or whatever it is, and he's already putting up those kind of numbers, and the Mavericks look like they're going to be an interesting team to watch all year. So he had a big night. But, hey, Austin, Joel Embiid scored 50 points in a win against Washington. Is he the most unguardable player in the entire sport? He's one of them. I would have to put Nikola Jokic as number one just due to his passing and his vision, being able to threaten teams with his uh, multiple, multiple areas on the floor. But you don't want any part of Joel Embiid. No, you? not right now. No, he has. Anytime a seven-footer can shoot the three, mid-range turnaround, and take it in the post, that's that's a dangerous thing. All right, and Jay Will, the big game of the night last night, Clippers-Nuggets. We're trying to figure out someone who's going to make the Nuggets sweat in the Western Conference. L.A. had a 15-point comeback, and they win. Their big four starting to figure it out a little bit. What are we seeing from these Clippers all of a sudden? I think we're seeing a team that's going to be a playoff team. I'm going to hold off by saying they're going to be a big threat to the Denver Nuggets. It was a good win last night. I think you saw for the first time this season – The minutes were staggered between James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They did not play together. Russell played extremely well in the fourth, and then James closed out with 20 points, 11 assists. Well, so Austin, so their own, they they acquired P.J. Tucker, and P.J. himself very honestly said, look, there aren't enough basketballs 
for these four guys at all times. Can they make that work? They have an outstanding coach in Ty Lue. If I make it work, like win, win a world title? Interesting yeah. comments. I mean, what else? Yeah, if, you have, if you have Kawhi Leonard and you have Paul George and you have James Harden and you have Russell Westbrook, you're not thinking, boy, I hope we get to the second round of the no, playoffs. sounds good, but no. I don't think it's, it's going to match. They've done a good job of staggering the minutes. They, yeah. they, you know, you, they tried to put all four of them out in the beginning. We all knew that wasn't going to work. I think Ty Lue even did it on purpose just to show it wasn't going to work, give him a little probable cause. You bring Russell off the bench now, stagger those minutes. There's going to be more fluidity as time goes on. All right. I, I just worried about the physicality of the game. I think you have larger teams in the Western Conference, like the Lakers, like Denver, where they can beat them up on the yeah. blocks. All right, so look, we all Denver is the best team. We all understand that. Who is the biggest threat to them? We're going to see the Lakers tonight. A little in-season tournament semifinal against New Orleans, which is another team people getting excited about. Yeah. Uh, Luca, uh, excuse me, uh, Zion, Zion, obviously, and Brandon. I forget where those two guys went to college. Uh, someone remind me where we they run deep. Oh yeah, yeah, deep. yeah. But look, we got a couple of legendary point guards here, and Jay will. Anyway, so the, <laughs> uh, so, so, so talk to me here. How about that? The, are the Lakers the biggest threat to the Nuggets in the West? I would say they are because it can match their physicality, and I think whenever you have LeBron James at the end of a game, he's a tactician with. In the game. Mm. I get Phoenix, but I, I, my biggest hiccup with Phoenix is Nurkic and ball screens. Like it, defensively, that's where I think Phoenix is going to struggle, even though they'll have to beat you score. I'm going Phoenix, though. You going Phoenix? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm going to go Phoenix on this one. It is interesting. I got to see Brad out there, but I think Brad will alleviate pressure on Kevin and, and Devin to have to be spectacular every single night. The other night, Devin had somewhat of a human night, and you mm. see they fell short to the Lakers. When you have Brad out there alleviating that pressure, being able to score, adding another playmaker, they're going to be hard to guard all Here's my question about that. We're talking about Bradley Beal, obviously. My big question is, you look back at all these quote-unquote big threes that are generally offensive-focused that teams yeah. have put together. They never win. They, they no. never, when you get to the playoffs, those teams don't ever wind up winning. They don't, I don't know that they can stop anybody, can they? My, my only thing to that would be is Devin has done such a good job running that point guard. Mm -hmm. we, he, he has taken steps that we had no idea he could take. His yeah. vision, he's, you know, he's had multiple, multiple double-doubles with assists. Uh, obviously, I think Brad is okay playing third fiddle. Yeah. Uh, usually, those big threes only work when the sacrifice is involved. So, someone's going to have to sacrifice, which obviously we're going to have to see more. At the I think you can win by taking it over every game. I mean, that's a good way for the win. Just passing <laughs> yeah. your yeah. pockets, We right? can all win. But they're going to have to win those games, like 135 or 140. They're going to have to outscore their opponents. And generally, playoff games don't wind up there, and yes. that's what I'm talking about. All right, guys, stay close. Austin, welcome. It's great to have you Thank here. You. We it. have tons more as we continue, including I got I got back to football. Is this the most vulnerable we've ever seen? Patrick Mahomes will tell you why Sunday against the Bills is a monster game for KC. Plus, how much credit does Brock Purdy deserve? Marcus got everybody fired up yesterday. Marcus we'll get back. Wrong. Marcus is wrong. And we'll explain why next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. 
Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply we are back on get up the next game is called fill in the blank all right d wood the afc team that nobody wants to play is Buffalo Bills. Oh. Yeah, Buffalo Bills. Like like it. If, if, like if, Buffalo, if Buffalo finds their way in, I think they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen is capable, capable of going nuclear on any given, any given game. Uh, he's one of what I say three quarterbacks that can literally put a franchise on their Daniel, back. Daniel, stop so, it. Oh, stop yeah, it. Yeah, stop it. it. Yeah, everybody side. agrees Josh is good. We, oh, wait, no, 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 see, we, we don't got truth serum this week. No, no. So right, there we go. We'll come back to him. We'll come yeah, back to him. Please do. Kmart, Kmart. The AFC contender you trust the least <laughs> is <sighs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, they're the opposite of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> where oh where is this offense? At first it was Matt Canada. I just don't is it Kenny Pickett? He's obviously injured. Mitch Trubisky says he's gonna be aggressive. Hopefully, because I'm hoping for points tonight, damn it. Yeah, I mean, or any of them. Mm. Harry, one more fill in the blank. The best team in the AFC is. For me, that's the Baltimore Ravens. And we all know what Lamar Jackson is capable of, but he does have those weapons now on the outside. And they have a, a newfound one at the running back position in Keaton Mitchell. Defensively, I love what Jadavion Clowney has brought. Matabuki, both of those guys, between the two of them, have 17 and a half sacks. Kyle Hamilton could do a lot of different things on the football field yep. at the safety uh, position. And Roquan Smith is top five in tackles in the, in the NFL right now. So I like Baltimore Ravens. Ravens right now sitting second in the AFC playoff picture based on tiebreakers. The Chiefs, as you see, are third. They, of course, have hosted every playoff game they've played over the last five years. And so, Dan, this is a season that began with us thinking, oh, my goodness, we could have the AFC could be the best conference we've ever seen. And largely because of injury, we've seen so many of these contenders fall by the wayside. As we sit here right now entering December, are the Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC? The Chiefs are still the team to beat, but they're also the most beatable they've ever been Mm. with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We we haven't seen this offense, and it's fair now in December to say the, the concerns of the offense are real, outside of just the drops. There is still concerns that both of these tackles have struggled mightily at moments, so you have to cover that up. There is still concern that these wide receivers are not on the same page at a consistent basis or on a consistent basis, you know this, with Patrick Mahomes. And so while they, out of respect, and still the reality of this defense, are the team to beat, this is by far the most beatable they've ever been. And I think the, the part of it that at least gives you a little bit of consistent belief in them there's really not an offense in the conference that's going to run away from their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of if Miami is playing at home and they're hot, maybe, but no offense is just going to run away from one of the best five defenses in the conference. Talk to me about Miami. Can Miami win the AFC D-Wood? They can if they have home field. Yeah. I think if Miami gets the number one seed, 
That that that's the, the the two teams I said Miami and Dallas. Miami needs the home field advantage because down there in South Florida, where everyone else is playing in cold weather, now you got to come down to the warm. They don't have to worry about crowd noise, which which will help even help their offense even more. And with all that speed that they have on offense, they're going to put a lot of pressure on opposing teams coming down there. And I'll say this about Miami, man. We had Javon Holland on our radio show recently, yeah. and he basically said, I asked him about that defense, right, yeah. and, and Vic Fangio and how it's starting to come along. He's like, man, he still feels like we ha- they have room to, to, mm-hmm. to improve even more. So they're really starting to hit their stride. They got Jalen Ramsey back. Since he's been back, they've been playing lights out football from that side of the ball of things. So Miami is definitely a team. If they get Van that Ginkle. whole field advantage, yep. Van Ginkle's he's huge playing good for too. Their defense because he replaces Jalen Phillips. So we got Miami and we got Baltimore and we got Buffalo that some of us think are dangerous. And then what does this say next to your name on my notes? Kimberly Martin. Yeah. What does it say? Chiefs remain the team to beat <laughs> because the AFC has gone through Arrowhead. So until it doesn't, until somebody else stops that from happening, to me, I still you still have the best quarterback in the NFL. You still have one of the best, if not the best, head coaches in the NFL together. And the Patrick Mahomes-Travis Kelsey connection, while it hasn't looked exactly the same as last year, that those two you can believe in. I think they have the experience. Also, I think home field is important for the Chiefs now because they've never had to play on the road. So I think it's particularly important for them to be the top seed. The concern I get, I agree, through Arrowhead. The concern I get about the Chiefs is, is it to a point offensively where when it's the moment and got to have it situations, yeah. is, tra- is Patrick going to look for Travis and just tra- Travis? We've heard, he right, you know, like we've heard the conversation throughout the season. We, I'll continue to trust him. And he says all the right things. But when it's win or go home, is he really going to look for some of these guys? Like the, the interception the other night to Green Bay. That's 100% because of miscommunication. It, At it, some point, the quarterback goes, I'm not, look, I'm not even yeah. going to look your way. It's it, going to go to 87 or run around. It's funny you say that, though, Dan, because I think a lot of things that has happened to that past game is because of miscommunication Tons. with those young receivers. And that's a simple This one, Harry, right? right? Yes. So he's expecting, you know, Sky Moore to continue going. And I understand what Sky Moore is doing. He's saying, okay, that defender's over top. I'm going to look for the back shoulder. But if your your quarterback isn't expecting you to do that, you can't just do it on your own. I also hate the release off the ball. But, but, but like you know, the, the big point is like, like we can we can do a one on one touch screen for ten on minutes. This wheel route and what's supposed yeah. to happen. Let's just be very clear. What you have just witnessed is the quarterback blaming the receiver and the, the receiver, receiver blaming the quarterback. Let's just be very clear about what just happened here. Right, what's coming up here is that boy bad, which is everybody's favorite new feature. And let's give us a little taste. Give us a little feel. Give us a little something of what's coming up you here. You know, this I could morning. do it sitting down. Jake yeah. Browning, a lot of people was worried that who they nation wasn't going to be there no more. I even thought they was done. I ain't going to lie. We're on radio and sit. But Jake Browning said it's 32. We know they're going to play. Man coverage. We got this guy from LSU named Jamar Chase. Oh, that boy bad. We know Jamar Chase is, but Jake Browning that week? My goodness, Dio. What do we say, Jake Browning? That boy bad. All right. Lord have mercy. Hear me now. That's just Hear a little something we have coming up this morning. Much more that boy bad on the way. By the way, why was Orlovsky standing up for two entire segments? Last week, talking about Josh Allen, I have a feeling the same is going to happen again. Don't miss it. And speaking of spicy debate, San Francisco has the Niners purdy party said more about them than it has about him. Don't miss the debate. Oh, we're fired up. Get up on ESPN.
Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify (laughs) shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify's there to help you grow Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Man, that boy bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, that boy bad. That boy bad. Oh, 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 damn. So watch it. Come here. I'm oh. going. Oh my goodness. That boy bad. Let's do it again. That boy bad. All right, we are delighted to welcome Austin Rivers for his first ever That Boy Bad experience. Harry Douglas, take it away. Everybody ready? Let's move it along. The first person that we got on That Boy Bad. Ooh, we got Jordan Love. See, it was cold out there in Green Bay. Uh-huh. Damn, Jordan Love was hot as a tamale. Yes, he was. Look at him maneuver the pocket. He's not worried about the Kansas City defense, even though they rank top five in the country right now. Look at this throw. Look at this throw to Christian Watson. Yeah. But, ooh, we have a fourth down throw. Mm-hmm. Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do me like that? Says Kansas City, Jordan Love, y'all. Guess what? Dead boy, bad. Oh, who do we have next? We got Tyree. Awesome, Check this out. Tell me you want to get fired without really telling me you want to get fired. If you're the Washington Commanders coaching staff by playing Tyreek Hill this way, because I don't know. Maybe they don't know. He is the leading receiver in the National Football League. This man is going to eclipse 2,000 yards this year and probably over 16 touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, BB, Cheetah, Race Car, whatever you call it. Dead boy bad. Oh, last but not least. You're back okay? I got the chain. Last Uh-oh. but not least. Uh-oh. Hey, hey. Touch your chain, y'all. Devo coming. Ooh, Devo <laughs> coming. Ooh, tuck your chain, get rid of it. I got to throw it away. I don't want to snatch your mind. Ooh, you talking about a guy, a physical specimen? 
rumbling and rolling. Nobody wants to tackle him. Look at his thighs, pause. But look at him run. He's moving along like no other. He's running through arm tackles. The whole defense of the Philadelphia Eagles don't want to tackle him. Debo is that man. He showed up in a black ski mask. Yeah. In a black Air Force F1 Warren's cleats. That means he ready for business. Not business, Greeny. He ready for business. Business. Debo Samuel, dad, boy, bad. Better hide that chain. My grandma gave me that chain. <laughs> Brief, Danny's Brief, not Brief. 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 All right. Debo, of course, is just one of the many talented weapons that Brock Purdy has to choose from. And that's why our Marcus Spears had this to say yesterday, B, about San Francisco's quarterback. This has nothing to do with anything but the fact that we saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers. And we also saw this team lose three games without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel. We can say Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but we also can allude to the reality of what we watch San Francisco do. Like we've seen this team go to NFC championships with a quarterback that people don't think is very good. Marcus is so wrong. Marcus is so wrong so is what wrong. you started. What is he so wrong about? Well, how much time we got? I mean, the whole Honestly. show we need. Um, I, I really do think, honestly, if Brock Purdy was not a seven-round pick, we would not be having this discussion. Like, just look at the way, if you watch how he's playing, if you look at the numbers, where he's ranked, he may not be elite, right? But the numbers that he's put, putting up, he's in elite rarefied air right now. Like, numbers that are uh, comparable to... Brady and Mahomes, and that's what's so frustrating about this conversation because this is a 49ers team that has been to the playoffs, been to the Super Bowl. With Jimmy Garoppolo, they haven't looked like this. When you look at the efficiency, when you look at how these guys respond to him, the way this team plays, it's, it does such a disservice to him. It's Fisher. very frustrating. Yes or no? Brock Purdy, 100% confident. 55 seconds left in a playoff game on your own 25-yard line and one timeout left. Is yeah, he going to go win a championship for you, yes or no? Be Bishop. Yeah, you're, you're, you're all in. All I'm in. All in. I'm all in. I'm all in on uh, Brock Purdy. And, I, I, you know, the fact that, that Swagoo put him and, and Garoppolo in the same sentence is just, doing him a disservice. Just like they're not, even on, they're not even in the same area code. Right? Perhaps not, but what he said is accurate. Jimmy Garoppolo took this team uh, yes, uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, well, that's what happened. <laughs> That defense. Why did you just make that sound? What what, what sound is that you are making? Took San Francisco. What? It's it's the word took. He he he. he was he the quarterback plays. of the he team when they went he to the plays. Super Bowl. He, Brock. It, Jimmy did not play like Brock. Like that's the reality. And I just need everybody to get like just get it around your skulls. Like he did not play like like Brock is. And I understand he was the quarterback. But when you, like, I think people point to, oh, well, oh, I could be the quarterback of this team. Like, you just throw to Christian McCaffrey, you just throw to Debo, da-da-da-da. Brock Purdy is benefiting from Yak at a far less rate than Patrick Mahomes was in his two MVP seasons. Like, he's not, it's not just he's just dinking it off and guys are just taking it to the house. Well, I understand Brock Purdy has a lot of dynamic players around him, but you still got to go out there and make the plays. You look at this throw that he throws against the Seattle Seahawks where he threads the needle. Dan, you talked about this throw multiple times, yeah. right? And he's able to get that over a, a numerous of uh, defenders and be able to complete this football. And then you look at the game against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguar, where he's scrambling to the left, right? Naked bootleg, things aren't there. He's scrambling, 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 looking, and then he makes this thread-the-needle type throw to Brandon Ayuk. And then lastly, this touchdown pass to George Kittle is unbelievable. Look how his arm is getting hit. He has somebody bearing down the middle of his body, but he still stays in there, hangs in there, and completes that football. 
when a guy was running with George Kittle man to man. So Brock Purdy is able to make the anticipation throws. He's able to thread the needle. So he's not just a quarterback that's dinking and dunking. And yes, he does have a, a, a luxurious toys to throw the football to. But you also have to be able to make it look right at the quarterback right. position. So I think there's two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are playing at a level and a style that no one else can play to the, how they are. Brock Purdy's one of them. Tua Tungavailoa is the other. Like, in the way that they're playing in their system and to the level that they are consistently, those are the one and two when it comes to that. The question is this. Who's the best quarterback that's ever played for Kyle Shanahan? Well, I mean, I, I would... Best quarterback who's ever played for Kyle Shanahan. It's, I, it's a clear answer. I, in the one well, year, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so he Matt averaged Ryan's 27 a, points that, that year. Brock fringe Hall of Famer. Fringe Hall of Famer. He was the MVP Jones. of the league under yeah, Kyle right. Shanahan. No one's yeah. talking about Julio Jones. Though. Oh, well, he had Julio. Yeah. So Brock Purdy is that. playing better than Matt Ryan did that year. He's, I agree. He's playing better. Okay? And, and for all you people talk to me, Marcus, the, the yards after the catch trash across the NFL – 47% of the yardage gained across the NFL is from yards after the catch. Brock Purdy yeah. averages 46 yards. I, I 46, think, hold on. Go ahead. 40, 46% of his yards. So less than you're saying. Yes, than everybody else. NFL yeah. average. All right, so, but, but, but so if we can go back to at least where this conversation began on this show yesterday, it was not questioning whether he's playing great, and it was not questioning whether he is great. The question is, is the, are the, what I said was, are the four, is this the San Francisco Invitational? Are there any questions? And then I said, are there any questions about the quarterback? A year ago today... No one knew who Brock Purdy was. I mean, literally no one. Are he was just a year ago today. Are there questions when, when they have to win a big game at the end of the thing where they're going to have to go up against whether it's Dak or Jalen Hurts or wherever it is and win a big game, go toe-to-toe? Are we confident that this guy can do it? Absolutely. That's a question. questions about the quarterback position in San Francisco. Fair enough. Well, I mean, that, that's the question. That's the My answer. only question is, have the 49ers played the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles this season? And just smeared and them. Oh. Yes. The 100%. only question about, and it's more of an unknown, is if somehow they go down 14 nugget. Yeah. That's that, but we don't know that. Like, we, we haven't seen this, this football team fall behind like that. I don't even think it happened in the Cleveland game, certainly not in the Minnesota game. We just haven't seen it. If they wind up in a shootout, you feel good. Shootout? They're ready for, with anybody. I mean, I know their defense doesn't let them get into You see that shootout. team? We just talked about shootout. shootout. This yeah. team, this team, again, like they, they want shootout. Come on, you ain't stopping that offense. Final word from the Bishop. I think, I think there's two things that, there's two different things we talk about as it relates to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's playing at elite level. That's, there's no question about that. But is Brock Purdy, I think we, we, we throw around the word franchise guy. Right. There's only like three or four franchise guys in this league. Yeah. Well, we throw well guy, guys that can literally, when things aren't optimal, that can put the whole He's team not on the their back and can elevate the whole team. Do I think Brock Purdy's that? No, but I think he's, a, I, he's playing at elite level right he now. He is not in the we win games because of him conversation just yet. That is Patrick. That is Joe Burrow. That, that is, is Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. That is Lamar. Yeah. I think those are the four guys right now that you, you win games because of. 
but he's at the top of the list that CJ Stroud is with. There. All right, let me Stroud. leave it there a minute. We have another quarterback we need to get back to, and we will in a moment. But another reminder, the NBA's in-season tournament semifinals are set, and the action is coming your way tonight. Tyrese Halliburton, or actually, Jay Will, what do we call him? Tyrese Himmerburton. He's Himmerburton, and the Pacers taking on Giannis and the Bucks. That's 5 yeah, Eastern here on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron and the Lakers will take on Zion and New Orleans at 9 Eastern. So let's start with uh, the game that we will have tonight, which is Pacers-Bucks. Yep. Milwaukee coming off a game where they score 146 points against the Knicks, against the, Knicks the other day. And, and the Knicks are the best-scoring defense in the league. What is the key tonight, Bucks-Pacers? you got to stop Tyrese Himmerburn. I mean, that's what you have to do. By the way, he's averaging 27 points, 12 assists. This team averages 128 points per game, Greeny. He accounts for close to 50% of those points because of the pace he plays with, Austin, yep. right? Like, they push the ball. He gives a lot of hockey assists. And I think his ability to turn the corner, even with that unorthodox shot, he gets to the rack. He's a special player. Also, let me ask you about Milwaukee. Again, we, we, we've seen flashes, and certainly the other night was that. But when Dame and Giannis put it together and Middleton coming back healthy, when the Bucks are at their best, are they the best team in the Eastern Conference? They definitely have a chance to be. And they're, they're starting to form right now. You're seeing as these games go on, they're getting more and more comfortable. Dame's starting to find himself, find his groove. you got to remember, he's not used to playing with a guy like Giannis. He's never been second tier. So this is going to naturally take time. But last, they're coming off their best game. And I think this tournament is a big opportunity for them to establish themselves as one of the new teams in the East. We could see a lot of points on the board in the early game tonight. And then we go to the late matchup tonight, which is the Lakers and the, and the Pelicans. And I'm fascinated by this game because it's sort of like the old guard against the new guard. And if you're not paying attention to New Orleans... The, the, the simple fact is when Zion has been healthy over the last two years, they've been one of the best mm. teams in the NBA. What is the key to that game tonight? I mean, he's the point forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, kudos. Him. It, this is going to be one of the most exciting games to watch because when Zion, you know, puts the ball in his hands, he plays bully basketball. He can get to wherever he wants to be on the floor. And then they've done a great job surrounding him with shooters. So the lane is forced to collapse. And he's such a gifted passer. That's why people talk about him being a generational type of player, Greeny, because of his passing ability, his athletic ability, his ability to finish through traffic. How about him against uh, Anthony Davis tonight? It's an interesting matchup. Matchup of the night. Matchup of the night is AD and and, and Zion. Who can establish dominance in the paint? Who's going to live outside? We know Zion's not. My question is more so AD and how he's going to go to this game. You know, they're going to put Valanchunas on him. They're going to put Zion on him. He's going to have a healthy dose of, of, of a mixture of guys trying to slow him down. The games where AD comes in and establishes himself down low and works inside out, Lakers have a much much better chance of winning. LeBron, Can I tell you, Lakers, yeah. the Lakers should do that with AD? Yeah. Well, I'm trying like, Zion should challenge AD. Okay, you are the defensive player of the year, fine. I'm not going to try to play over the top of you. I'm going to play through you. Because yep. we always talk about AD struggling with physicality. Zion should be as physical as possible with him. 39 and a half minutes is my over-under on LeBron tonight. Which way you go? Ooh, 39. That wasn't the question in the pre-production meeting. Minutes. Sneaky well, little well, guy. I, I'm asking, is he going to play 40 minutes again? He played I, 40 minutes the other night. To me, the thing that makes this in-season tournament so great, guys want the cup. Yeah. So yeah. I think LeBron's going to play the minutes. Yeah. He's going to go over tonight. For sure. He's going to play the 500 can line don't, uh, you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know. pocket change. <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe for him. We'll yeah, find out. Yeah, he may not be worried as much about that. But again, the winners will meet on Saturday night on ABC to wrap up this in-season tournament, which I think has been a great success. Meanwhile, Jay Will, guys, let's take a look at Caitlin Clark. Can we show you mm-hmm. history that was made 3, last 000. night? The performance of the night. Caitlin Clark in a rivalry game. Iowa, Iowa State. Caitlin Clark is going to make a three-pointer in the third quarter that we're going to see right here, mm. which will make her the first player ever, Deep. female or male in D1. 
with 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists. So I got 2,094 in three. Mm. And think about this. She hit 3,000, okay? She can come back another year. Yeah. She can come back to school next year. We're talking about 4,000 points? Oh, maybe over 4,000 points in her overall career. Maybe the greatest score the game of basketball has ever seen on the collegiate level. She scored all 14 of Iowa's points in the third quarter, and she would finish with 35 plus nine rebounds plus five assists. Iowa with the win. It's, it's almost impossible to do justice the career that she is having. Another milestone there. You mentioned the 3,000 points. That's the 15th player she is in Division I history with 3,000 points with 20 regular season games remaining. She needs to average 26.2 points per game to break the record, the all-time record in the regular season finale. So, Harry Douglas, what can we say about Caitlin Clark? Caitlin Clark, I think it's only right. That girl, bang. Absolutely yes, right. Coming up, the battle uh, has been a joy. Orlovsky is going to help me defend the honor of the most maligned superstar in the entire NFL. Don't miss it. I would have flipped who's helping who there, but... Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. When the V Foundation was established by Jim Balvano, he had a vision, he had a goal, and every dollar counts. It's changing the course of cancer. It's changing the course of lives. It is the most important thing we do at ESPN. This is V Week. You can join us in the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. While right, we continue on Get Up Here, football conversation, Kimberly Martin, we have a new feature for you. It's called Hit the Gas or Pump the Brakes. I'm going to make a statement. You tell me which of those I should do. If I said the third time is going to be the charm for Zach Wilson as the Jets starter, do we hit the gas or pump the brakes? <laughs> Feel free to speak. Pump the brakes, Randy. <laughs> the Jets, two weeks ago, were telling us this kid doesn't give us the best chance to win. Now he gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, I think they just got to move on after this. Yeah, I mean, I know their motto is all gas, no break. But so far, it's been a lot of break. I'm totally with you. Well, let's go to another quarterback. If I said Jordan Love and the Packers are going to dominate December, hit the gas or pump the brake? I love this one. Hit the gas. You know why? Because look at their schedule. At the Giants, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago. 
Jordan Love has played the best over the last five games in his career thus far. I'm so excited for this kid. I think December they have a favorable schedule and they are playing well on both sides of the ball. They actually have the easiest remaining schedule in the league and they never lose in December. How about one more? If I say Josh Allen is going to outplay Mr. Mahomes on Sunday, gas or brakes? Guess what, Greeny? I'm going to say hit the gas. I like it. You know why? Because Josh Allen, he, we know how good this kid is. But here's the reality. The Buffalo Bills need this game. This is a team that's too good not to be in the playoffs. And in an AFC that's littered with backup QBs, the, Josh Allen is one of the best in the game. Absolutely. Now, the Josh Allen debate has rung loudly Throughout all of our uh, programs on this network, including this one and NFL Live. Uh oh, right, got, oh everybody bowing up. Everyone's getting warmed right. up here. Uh, Swagoo was here uh, yesterday uh, saying he does not think Josh Allen has many excuses when it comes to turnovers. Listen to Swagoo yesterday. This is as clear as a glass of water to me. He has he has the most turnovers of any quarterback since they entered the league. That's why we talk about the turnovers. We've seen Josh Allen play to the level or even a higher level than 99% of the quarterbacks in the league. But he's also led the league in turnovers since he's gotten there. So I don't know how we I don't know how we dispatch, like get rid of that part of it because everybody want to feel good about talking about Josh Allen. Finally, okay. finally, so, Marcus making some sense. Okay, so so the, the table has been set for the conversation. Mr. Orlovsky, I yield my initial time to you. Does Marcus want Aaron Judge to stop hitting home runs? I mean, that, that's, that's the comparison here. Like, Marcus always talks, not just him, but you talked. So, always talks about the turnovers for Josh Allen. Never talks about all the other ridiculous stuff that he does. And so, like, there's stuff that Josh does that makes him completely different than basically everybody in football outside of Patrick Mahomes. There's throws that he makes that only Josh Allen can and is willing to make. Do you remember the seam touchdown? This clip, the seam versus the Jets, they're playing cover three, and you got the tight end that's going to cross the middle of the field, and Shakira's running a seam. Guys, he's staring to the left strictly to just screw the defense. Comeback's flat-footed and just absolutely piss missiles this ball to Shakir up the, up the scene. This throw is one of two. I, truly, it's one of two. Him and Patrick Mahomes are the only two human beings on planet Earth. Maybe Stafford that can make that throw. Are there turnovers? Of course there are turnovers. And, and he's made some poor decisions. I, I, the, the, here's the point I want to make, okay? There's two points I want to make. Okay, if, if they had made a field goal two weeks ago versus Philadelphia, right. and they don't have 12 men on the field... This team is eight and four. They're one game out of the one seed, and Josh Allen is the runaway MVP. Amen. Runaway. 100% agree. But we want to sit here and say that he's got turnover issues. But look, you just did your whole soliloquy, and then you're like, yeah, he turns the ball over. Yeah, he's made some poor decisions. But let me talk to you. Do the other thing on the opposite side. Like, everybody, this argument is dumb. I'm sorry. Nobody, like, Josh Allen is phenomenal. Does he lead the league in turnovers since he's entered the league? Yes, that's a fact. Does he lead but the that, league in but touchdowns? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's also a fact. Those are facts. That's all anybody is saying. To talk about Lamar Jackson is special. But when he turns the ball over, when he fumbles it, you have to point to the fact that, hey, Lamar, you cost the team the game that particular day. That doesn't, that doesn't change that Lamar is one of the most dynamic playmakers we have in the game. Just keep – this uh, argument is so uh, – I just want to – my whole thing is – my whole thing is 
Why can't both things be true? They are. It's always, it's not that it's always it's not that like whenever we have the discussion Thank with you, Josh Michelle. Allen, it's just like, like yes, this man is a superstar, no, but we're gonna put the, but we're gonna put the, but we're gonna put the turnovers just like way over here. Like both things can be true. Josh Allen is like, like you said, one of two. But he also has some Brett Favre in his no, game no. that will – Yes! Um, yes! Dan, okay. yes! Dan, yes. Hold up, everybody. Yes! Dan, I appreciate your tape. I have a tape of my own. Oh, no. oh talk, about, run this talk about it, Deacon. Let's go to the first game of the year when the Buffalo Bills are up seven points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. This bad interception right here yeah. by Josh Allen leads to a touchdown yeah. for the New York Jets. The very next play for the Buffalo Bills, he fumbles a snap in the Buffalo, and the Jets go on and score a field goal. The first play of the game versus the New England Patriots. This is a bad interception. Correct. New England goes down and scores a touchdown. Correct. Right? Off of that turnover. Then you have this one versus the Denver Broncos. This is with 40 seconds to go in the first half. Guess what Denver goes down to do before the halftime? Yeah, they kick the field they goal. They kick a field goal. Yeah. Guess how many points the Buffalo Bills lost by? By three. Two. Uh, yeah, I remember the game. Here's here's. Oh, we, we, uh, Danny is going to jump out of his chair. It's we're we're going to set aside much more time for this it's, as we go because oh, there's obviously a lot. There's more to no. There, no. Arty, no. We're Arty. not doing this. We're not doing this. My dog. This. Here's the. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not Artie's fault that the hour is about to end. <laughs> we need to. Uh, we need to appeal to a much higher authority. I can tell you that. We're coming back. Back to it, I promise. In the meantime, coming up, we will get back to Dallas as well. The D and Big D stands for desperation. We'll explain why their season is on the line on Sunday. And we've got this. Here we Yo, go, Harry. Wild, man. We got Sneaky Hembo. Who is the only quarterback to beat Dak Prescott twice in the same season that can include playoffs? The answer is next. Playoffs? <laughs> 